That's how it starts. The fever, the rage, the feeling of powerlessness that turns good men cruel. Welcome, I'm Andrew Dice. I'm Stephen Colbert. I'm Damon Caro. I'm Ryan Watson. And I'm Wayne Douglas. And this is Batman v Superman by the Minute, a podcast rewatching and discussing Batman v Superman one single minute at a time, and sometimes with help. As you will have noticed from our introduction, we are delighted as we move into the infamous Martha rescue Batman warehouse scene, warehouse fight sequence, whatever you want to call it. We are joined by Damon Caro, the stunt coordinator, second unit director, one of Zach's two right-hand men, uh, Joe Chill, responsible for murdering Martha Wayne. So, Also uh, Joker in uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League. It's correct, yeah. Uh, off-screen Joker, I guess we'd say. Yeah, when you see the back of his head, it's Damon. When you see the <laughs> when you see the back of his head, it's it's he alternated with Rich Citrone. Um, and and anyway, yeah, cool yeah. stuff. <laughs> In addition to Ryan Watson, the co-fight choreographer, um, who's also in the fight in stunts, um, I believe he was the co-fight choreographer with Guillermo Grispo, who is mentioned by the gentleman in the interview, and we also want to give a shout out to and Wayne Dalglish, the assistant fight choreographer. And on-screen stuntman who is, let's just say for the people who know, he's in my trinity from, <laughs> from this movie. Former Lex Luthor. Former Lex Luthor, Ryan Watson, stand-in for, uh, or stunt performer for Doomsday. So we have a, a murderer's role. <laughs> yeah. Wow. We are going to get into um, the entire sequence for the following minutes with, with that trio of stunt gods. But we did want to start off, as we always do, <laughs> with the minutia that we will not subject any guest to. Yeah, now that everyone knows that the goods are later on, let's let's. Uh, you've only heard us for you know, yeah. a few hundred episodes, so let's. Uh... <laughs> but before, yeah, before yeah. we get into the actual new voices, let's hear more of our own as we dive into minute one thirty-seven, where Batman has unclipped his seatbelt, opened the cockpit of the Batwing, and he's about to get jumping. You teed this up in the previous minute. Yeah, and I know, I don't remember where I initially picked this up from, but I, I've always, I, I think of you every time I see this because maybe you pointed it Martha it on, Watch? on Twitter or Martha Watch or something about how you love Alfred, knowing that Alfred is flying the bat plane, giving boost or give it, giving, giving Bruce a little boost through the window. And now every time yeah. I see this, I think, I think good on Alfred there, giving him a little springboard like what a great like combo move between the two of them i also feel like every time i see it it's like more pronounced like it's an even bigger bounce of like how did how did i ever not realize this was yeah yeah it's yeah it's like very intense yeah it it and it's it, and it's perfect i mean we it's no secret that we love alfred and this is just one of those like alfred is like right it there in the mix um in the, even in the warehouse scene it was his strategy that he saw all of the gunmen on the third floor so i'll let you off on the second which in itself was like a I think probably more antithetical than what we would think of, but it, but it's obviously paid off in a very cool way here. I love that we just get to enjoy Batman 
the like meta textual choice of framing Batman's entry into the building with like this smash through the windows, which would typically be, you know, whether it's Keaton or Bale, Batman's entrance, right? Mm -hmm. But this one is just for us. And when he makes it into the building, we get a cutaway. Oh my gosh, where is he going now? It's it's such an odd, I feel like you would not make that decision if given a, you know, how are we going to have Batman go in here? You'd be like, well, he's obviously got to smash in. No, no. Yeah. Well, and especially even just the way this is shot, where there is a, I think you can't tell because the the windows are there, but the 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 depth of field on this, you get this yeah. this, this cloud behind the window, kind of gathers like the shadows gather into the shape of a bat, and then it, when it hits the window, the and he he comes into focus with the clarity of like the perfect bat silhouette. <laughs> yep. Not that this shot doesn't get its appreciation, but people talk about it in terms of like the framing. But the actual motion in the shot of the way that the Batman comes out of this cloud of darkness into this crystal clear moment when he hits the window, it's just it's a it's one of those, you know, I don't know if it'd be a double page spread, but, you know, it'd be a, it's a good spread to, to kick into this sequence here. Well, in hindsight, considering how little we actually have of Batman doing Batman stuff. You know, Mm -hmm. in the movie to this point, we know what he's going to do and how it's going to be a bit more, well, let's just say gadgety, I guess, for lack of a better word. Yeah. Looking at it, you know, frame by frame, he literally just comes in feet first and blows the windows out of their frame. Yeah. It isn't just he shatters through the glass. He is coming, smashing in like a wrecking ball. I came in like a- Now I got to watch this set to the song. Can't believe you did that to me. Now I I, I hear that. Never meant to start a when we get the camera switch to the gunman waiting, it is Wayne first. Yeah. First person we see. Um, so this is obvious. I mean, obviously that's why we, we got him. We needed to get, <laughs> get the first person on the screen here. We see KGB <laughs> sending out. I love <laughs> this poor guy. Things could have gone very differently for this poor dude, <laughs> especially considering that like he gets one of the more pronounced fates in this minute, but sends the, the gunman out. And I, well, I, I love the, the normally so far in the movie, whenever anything happens, KGB has this smirk on his face. Like yeah. he was expecting it or it was according to plan or, or whatever. Like even when, when Superman shows up and destroys the drone at the beginning, right? That should be like a, oh no, moment. But that's like, he smirks and rides out, right? All going to plan, yeah. Every, so this is the first time in the movie where something happens and he goes, oh no. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, even if this is part of the plan, I don't like this part of the plan. Yeah. I mean, odds are, I know exactly what's about to happen. Yeah. It's just a question of how. Mm-hmm. I also appreciate that Alberto uh, in the room here, Spider, who will get his spotlight a little bit later um, when he both is attacked by Batman and also dons the bat suit in some of these. Yeah, uh, what, a, what a character arc for him. <laughs> but I like that he is kind of like, you know what? Maybe if I'm over here in the corner, I'll stand a better <laughs> odds of shooting Batman when he comes in. Sweet summer child. But yes, and we get this grating music that's just I, I remember obviously I could not know what was about to unfold here the first time I saw the movie but the way that this is just stretched out building that tension musically well, is that visually same, isn't this the same um I don't know if it's the same song but it's it's very similar to the one when in the uh the house at the very beginning where the where the cops are going upstairs to find uh find Batman hiding in yeah, the Yeah, what is he doing? Where is he? They're they're thinking he's going to come through the doors. We know he's not going to come through the doors, but we still don't know what he's going to do. 
<laughs> true to this Batman, he enters explosively. Of course, it's on the 32nd mark <laughs> that the floor detonates underneath the um, the one stunt performer who I always refer to as like the Harry Zack. Yeah. Because <laughs> I think I, I, I don't know. Maybe it's apocryphal. I feel like I saw people think that was him on Twitter or something. And it was like, that's very evidently not, but Mm -hmm. to leave no question, he is immediately removed from the scene. (laughs) He's kind of our, our hero goon uh, at the, you know, the front of the V of these guys waiting at the door. And he, um, in an explosion of, of wood splinters, he disappears into a hole in the floor. And I will say I did not notice Batman entering the first time I saw it. So I was confused for the ensuing seconds. Yeah. Well, it's, it's very like, I mean, by by its design, right? It's very disorienting because you're you're waiting for the door, and then and then in the in the moment that it takes you to adjust to the the floor exploding, that's when he comes through. So like when you know to look for it, obviously it's there. But the first time, yeah, I was took me a second to figure out even where he was. Yeah, what is happening? And then I want to break down what this says about this Batman in term because we talked a lot about the the no kill policy, um, you know, being fired at with deadly cannons. Basically, that that he was reacting. He only had the ability to react. Now we are getting into a Batman fight where he is arguably this would be how Batman really fights, you know, like how Affleck's Batman tackles this kind of scenario. Right. Well, and that's where we get into, you know, I think that we should leave most of the debate over this in the in the last minute. But if we're gonna yes. talk about like the context of the of the no kill rule. This scene could play out very differently if his intent was to just kill everybody, right? Yes. Like, they would already all be dead right now. If if every single one of those things and every single one of those guns was just a magnetic grenade instead <laughs> of something designed to disarm the gun, boom, yeah. every single goon is gone, it's done for, like, the Punisher Batman did his job. And that is very clearly not what happened, although he's not exactly going to going to take care to avoid injury to these guys at the same time. And so they're, you know, it's, it's not all one way or the other. Yeah. I think that the, we see him, you know, swinging up out of view, uh, on his, on his grapple gun, the little gadgets, obviously that are deployed. I always wonder like, is he literally throwing? He's just that precise. I guess he has to be throwing all of these onto the stocks of the gun. And we get a moment. (laughs) We actually get a fantastic moment overhead where I never noticed you could see the guy laying in the bottom of the pit. Yeah. Yeah. The floor below (laughs) and like, just could not look more helpless. Just, you know, you can just see his kind of his face. Just he's out of it. He was down for the count the minute that happened. But at the same time, these explosions going off on all the other guys, it's like, you know what? Maybe he's better down there. Like, yeah. And even having them go off as it works around the room, Mm -hmm. you know, I can picture the, the comic page of him throwing these things out. We get the over-the-shoulder view. If there is a if there is a Batman Arkham uh, shot, yeah, explicitly, it is this of him, which is which is to take nothing away from the filmmakers. Obviously, unrelated, and it's a shared inspiration. Because if the game hadn't come out, this would be like, oh man, they need to make a game, right? Just just from seeing this, the little ears pointed out, and the the grapple gun, and the and the trigger firing all of these things. Well, just the way he's. The way that he's sitting on the uh, on the beam there, you know, you I I can I I can I can see the like the hold B press A kind of thing, yep. <laughs> <laughs> the little alert sign over the over the guy's heads, like yeah. And we get um, crucially after triggering all of the explosives, Batman takes aim with the grapple gun. Well, at least one before you get to that though, this dude 
they don't even know what's going on yet. No, this dude is no. shooting straight down into the hole blindly. He must be down there. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, you know, maybe he's not. Maybe he's just like really scared that his buddy down there is is being attacked by the Batman. So yeah. he's, you know, fighting in his defense. Again, not knowing, I was kind of lost. So I have maybe I have more empathy for this dude. <laughs> Room full of goons with guns. Varying levels of machine gun rifles, submachine guns. This is a fight that Batman cannot win. Yeah. So what is the first step? Eliminate all of the guns from the fight as quickly as possible. Yeah. And that, and that, and that takes zero effort. Or I shouldn't say zero effort. It, it's very well executed. But I mean, it is, it is very efficient. It is probably the most efficient single thing he does this entire movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Half a dozen immediately out. One person left standing who was noticeably on his own apart from the rest. The guy firing into the hole. <laughs> Batman takes aim with the grapple gun, fires it, <laughs> fires it directly through his thigh yeah. so that he can string him up from the ceiling. Again, dropping his gun. He's now out of the fight. There is another guy beside him who has the remaining gun. So what does Batman do? Descends immediately onto him. <laughs> I'm going to say, I'll say friendly, maybe dislocates his arm. <laughs> But now we are at the point where now Batman has entered the fight. He is able to be fired at. Mm -hmm. If anybody is left standing, he is at his most, I mean, this is the most vulnerable he's going to be in this entire fight. So what does he do? Grabs the guy's gun, swings around the entire room, opening fire, sending everybody left who would be in a position, you know, where they weren't stunned or, un or you know, unarmed or whatever the case may be, send them all flying down onto the ground just to save themselves. So immediately, in this is point I've seen people highlight, but not to relitigate because it isn't, but him just being like reckless and just shooting at people. Yeah. Where it is very obvious that he is doing this sweeping arc to get everybody off of their feet. Let's see, let's see how long we can talk about this fight without saying not to relitigate the no kill rule. <laughs> <laughs> that is one of the only things that I've seen pointed out as embodying like um, recklessness or or kind of uh, it isn't thought about. Mm -hmm. Whereas in my mind, looking at the sequence. He gets everybody sprawling on the floor. Yeah. And then immediately goes into who is the last guy now left with the gun? It is KGB's, uh, I don't know, what do you want to in, in hockey, we call this a suicide pass where you send this guy out to absolutely get the worst. Yeah. In his defense, he does get, if there is a comic book logic <laughs> at work in this sequence, I would say maybe they put in this guy's passionate, emotive shooting. To explain why he couldn't shoot, you know, Batman from maybe 25 feet away when he gets four or five bursts. Yeah. Well, to be fair, too, though, with with that level of like a burst, most weapons are going to spray pretty wildly with uh, um, especially something of that of that size. And so just the, the sheer terror that Batman brings into the room could okay. could contribute to the lack of like, take a deep breath. Do a single, you know, like there's there's a lot of uh, lack of control in his reaction here that I would say is directly related to just how terrifying Batman's entrance is. More than a man. <laughs> yeah. A monster has entered the room. Yeah. Certainly. And I think at this point, it's also important to point out that uh, just just because it, it, I'm trying to think of like things that are taken for granted, but but things that aren't is Batman has entered the fight and it is chaos. Well, all these guys were standing, pointing their guns, and now everyone, but, Disarray, everyone yeah. but one person is on the ground, scattered around the room, like, and that, and that's where, where, where a few seconds 
in, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. they haven't even collected their thoughts yet, and Batman is here, and guys are just getting decimated. 20 seconds, it has been explosions. The, the ground beneath them has disappeared. Their guns have exploded in their hands. Gunfire has been spraying around the room to make them all dive to the floor just to stay alive. And now one person is firing and they get, again, one person strung up wondering what in what in God's name is happening. And as that happens, their buddy who seems to have the jump on Batman, uh, I, I can picture them lifting their heads to see him flying across the room at the end of Batman's grapple line. And then we get the first not in, well, what not purely in canon wire work <laughs> that the stunt team is unleashing here, which is a grapnel through the shoulder. Do we want to, do we want to discuss the physics of the, is this why you make Batman so big? Is that whatever the force would be needed to retract this guy? Bruce absolutely can take it. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you, the force, <laughs> the force necessary to not only stop that body, but to send them back across the floor. I don't know. We saw him doing those pull-ups earlier in the movie, right? Like we, we know what he, totally. Like, this he's this is Batman's jacked. We don't need a debate about yeah. this goon is a tractor tire. Yeah, flying through the air and then this devastating shoulder check to send the goon skidding across the floor again. Speaking to the the mind behind the muscle of Batman, that he has said the absolute best course of action here is to get this guy to me and then send him back to squish his buddy. Yeah, <laughs> that it, through the exact same. I mean. Get, make right waste not get another use out of this hole in the floor mm -hmm. and we're going to get into this definitely more with the guys and then also in the following minutes but the actual cinematography and sequencing of this um and steven you can probably touch on this briefly because we'll be talking about it as well the choreography and shot selection where this guy flying through the air establishes the chaos of the fight like the room is now in disarray and batman is a step ahead. And then we cut to the shoulder check that sends him skidding across the floor into the hole and telling us that this guy is strung up from the ceiling directly, you know, adjacent to it as a shotgun blast punches a hole in the doors that they were standing in front of that are about to open. That leads into the next sequence of the fight. I feel like this is the stuff that that just nobody appreciates. And and it's one of those things that like the stunt team wants that, right? It's not this, not that this is engineered as a as a one take shot all the way through the whole fight, but this is the kind of shot design that that makes the, the way that this is edited possible, right? Like every single like like the this is not a sequence of bits strung together with camera cuts like right they could have filmed this in a single take if they wanted to because there is a logic throughout it there's a lot of fight scenes in movies like this where two guys will run up together and then you have a sequence of cuts as they punch kick whatever <laughs> and then they'll cut to the next sequence and then they're all you know you could just shuffle them around however and it doesn't matter because it's just oh here's one guy getting taken down here's another guy getting taken down we'll show a shot of him running from guy to guy in the middle to connect them together whereas there's actually continuity the sequencing of events and the location in the room matter. And this is this is a you know a perfect shot to not only transition from from bit to bit, but also, you know, we're literally introducing a new character into the fight here. It's it's um it keeps the energy up and and you know really uh kind of keeps the flow going in a way that really is is kind of the defining characteristic of this scene. Yeah, and this is exactly why you do the stunt 
previs or what do they call it? A uh, stunt viz, which you can find. I mean, if you if you Google uh, Damon Caro interview, you're probably going to find it anyway because he gives them so infrequently. Yeah, I talked to him. I was one. I always liked that. I was one originally published that in 2018 or something. But yeah, he sent me the uh, the stunt viz for this scene where it's basically shot for shot this scene, just not in a, you know not in the same warehouse. <laughs> and uh, Rich Detrone's not wearing the Batman costume, but it's you know they they kind of are able to take this and just import it. I think we were like we were saying earlier that this is you know this is all work by the stunt team. Obviously, Zach is great. We talk about how great he is every single episode, <laughs> but the fact that you know he brings these guys in and and this scene as it exists you know, was designed and shot and and edited even, you know, camera angles, all of that in a warehouse by this stunt team, by Damon, Wayne, Ryan, uh, Guillermo, you know, all worked on this on their own. And Zach said, great, that's why you guys are my guys, <laughs> right? Yeah. That's, that's how I got this. <laughs> yeah, make me look incredible. Yeah. And now it's our job to make them look incredible and get to talk with them about all of this. We will we will meet out uh, the the most relevant discussion points but yes you know again we hope everybody enjoys damon wayne and ryan we'll see you briefly at the end minute 137 from the people the masterminds behind it themselves Let's start here by setting the record straight a little bit, because I feel like when we say we're going to talk about the Batman fight in BVS, people say, oh, you mean, and then they have their own title for the sequence. For you all actually putting this together, what did you refer to the sequence as in production? You guys want to start? You want me to start? Wayne? You can start, David. There were two terms. These guys are so respectful. I've got them on here so they can get some recognition for God's sakes. And they were on the whole movie with me, by the way. These guys were, what did we call it? In, in, in-house, our shorthand was the Martha Rescue, was one term. And I don't remember which came first, the chicken or the egg. The other was the warehouse sequence. Those were the two terms or the warehouse fight. Those, those were, let's say, three <laughs> that were, were used. Martha Rescue was... Seems like my favorite, but many times once it got out into the uh, into the world, everybody called it the uh, warehouse fight. The warehouse fight, you know, that's what it seemed to be uh, more common as people call it. When I'm, you know, I, I I went in to meetings with directors or even starting on shows, and they're like, "Oh my gosh, I got to tell you, I took my son, and he said, my God, you know, to to the BBS movie.' And this was like 2019. I'm still going into to meetings on other shows, and they're like." He, he literally, we came out of that movie and he goes, dad, that was the greatest fight scene I've ever seen. And I think I will ever see him. And it was so funny <laughs> just how that sequence has, as Stephen and I have talked about, touched so many people. Um, but what do you guys call it? Ryan Wayne, anything else? That, that- I think we called it the Martha Rescue when we were doing it. And then over the years, we heard the warehouse fight so much, it became the warehouse that's, fight. That's yeah, that was kind of the, the way you saw online. Yeah. 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 Yeah, no one knew the Martha Rescue. What the hell is that? It's funny because it's the reverse for me because we always call it the the warehouse the, or the warehouse scene. Yeah. Not even the fight. Is everyone knows what you're talking about? It's like oh, you know, the warehouse scene. That's that's a ubiquitous. Yeah. But then yeah, I talked to Damon about it a couple of years ago, and you said, "Oh, we call it the Martha Rescue." And so now every time I no no I now I switch to Martha Rescue because oh, of that. <laughs> purist. Look at that, a purist. I, I've had other people to say uh, that Batman fight. Like, <laughs> oh, that. I'd love to even try to go back. To before the film was made, you set out with a mission entirely motivated by and for yourselves to make 
the best Batman fight you've ever seen. And it ends up being, in in our opinion, the best Batman fight sequence ever on film. But it's really in a conversation of its own where I think it is the only Batman fight that I have seen even claimed to be the best Batman fight in a movie, period. Yeah, on Twitter. It's on Twitter every day. People saying that. <laughs> it's, yeah, the best Batman fight ever. Uh, when when, you, when I scroll through Twitter, you know, you always get that that those kind of kudos to it because... I agree, actually. <laughs> I say all of that knowing that, you know, stunt performers are not in this business for recognition or to take the glory or anything like that. But do you still allow yourselves the acceptance of, of what you achieved in that goal of, of doing what you believed possible but hadn't yet seen? Like when you're on to the next project, do you take those moments to think, oh, yeah, we actually we really pulled that off? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was it was what was it? It was about two months we took in, in chore- choreographing it, shooting it. And yeah, we, we went through every single style of martial arts, I think, because all of us have different uh, styles. And that's, I think that's why we work so well together is we uh, ended up getting almost every style of martial arts, whether it was, you know, one on three, one on one. We had WWE, we had trapping, uh, Kali, Arnis, Kung Fu. Um, just regular old beat down, <laughs> you know, so it was, uh, I don't know. It was, it was the best fight I've ever done. I've ever been involved with for sure. No, same here. <laughs> we were making it when we were making it, I was, uh, still kind of like younger and newer. So like I was, I would follow like Ryan and Guillermo's lead and then like Damon was like overseeing everything. So I didn't know we were making what we were making, at, you know, until like later on, I, I was just excited to be making it with the people that like I was learning from. So for me, it, I don't know, like, I, like I didn't have a full view of exactly what was going on when we were doing it. So for me, it's like, oh, shit, I was there. You know, like I, it was like that kind of feeling. <laughs> and for me, it was uh, it's incredibly humbling to answer your question. It's incredibly humbling because there's a lot of good material out there now. And there's a lot of talented people out there now. The common question I, I got about that sequence was, so did you model that after, I believe it's called Arkham Asylum game? I don't know, even know the title, the exact title of the game, but one of the a video game. And I said, no, I've never seen the game. Again, full disclosure, I think one of my stepsons had it in the house one time, but I've never seen it down <laughs> in his room. It's interesting. And one of these days, I'd like to see that. But uh, people were blown away of the similarities in that. But um, I just don't create that way. These guys know that, you know, I don't ever like to like watch something and try and imitate it. I like to always create from story and characters. And of course, I have influences from all my experiences, as we all do, all the movies in my past, but I don't set out to go, oh, yes, I want it to look like this, want it to look like that. What I said is we, we create from something from our story, and then it's all raw, and it's harder that way, but it's it's more, it's purer that way for me, for my creative process and the way that these guys can tell you that I like to work. And basically created a sequence of the way that I always wanted to see Batman move since I was a kid. <laughs> But yeah, incredibly humbling, the, the response it's had. Now, you were saying that uh, you always start with with character and story. I, I know you've said that for, for all the scenes that you do. So I'm really curious kind of how that that starts. Like before this scene exists, I know you shot it first for the movie also. It's the first thing you guys did, I believe. Right. 
the, so you're coming in kind of not blind. Obviously, there's lots of preparation that goes into it. But like before this scene even exists, like on the page, Zach comes to you and says, "I need this Martha rescue scene." Like how? Like what is it? What does it look like before you? Before there's a single punch choreographed? Like how? Do, what does the story kind of look like? Yeah. So what Zach? The same process Zach and I had always used, and this was no different. In, in this specific sequence, whether it was the Batman Superman fight or this specifically the Martha rescue is we would get together and just brainstorm. And we just two guys that have known each other for, you know, almost three decades chatting two fans. <laughs> and we, we talk about the broad strokes of it um, and the, the why of it and where, where's he, his journey, what, what's his purpose. And then he just lets us go. Uh, so then I go back with my guys, which was Ryan Guillermo and Wayne, my, my main, three guys uh, with me on that show. And, you know, I download them. Here's what we're thinking. And we start to brainstorm and we, we do a, a skeleton walkthrough of beginning to end. And then we start to put the connective tissue of it together. We got it to a place where <clears throat> we felt good about it from beginning to end. And that was a good couple of weeks. And then brought Zach down to, we had a big hangar in Burbank where we were <laughs> prepping our, our, the action stuff. And he came down, had a meeting with me, and then we did a walkthrough for him. And he goes, I love it. Go crazy. I go, good. You want us to shoot it now? He goes, yes, go shoot it. So then we spent literally about six weeks shooting the Viz with some reshoots. And, and, and there's also a longer version. Our, our, our stunt Viz was about 20 seconds longer, 30 seconds longer that I still have buried somewhere. <laughs> um, but we, well, I've seen the, I, I, I posted the stunt viz a couple years ago. Yeah. But is it, Oh, oh, but you're saying you have a longer version of that but one? Longer. There's a 30, oh, there's a, a 30 second longer version. Yeah. Where Ryan actually, we shot a couple beats of it, but we also cut some out that we just didn't have time. So that's a whole other podcast. The missing <laughs> pieces. Um, but yes. And why it's always me that's cut out. You get cut out of everything for some <laughs> Yeah, Ryan gets cut out of Man of Steel. He gets cut out of BBS. Two spots of BBS you got cut out in, didn't it? Yeah, he needs, he needs the, the Ryan cut. Be, yeah. yeah. I have to ask, because we're talking about Batman as we've never seen him before, but always dreamed he could be. We have to start with with Rich Citrone. When you have a stunt performer who is as big as Rich is and as skilled as Rich is, you know, it's one thing to say with a Batmobile, we just need a, a hundred mile an hour tank. When you're talking about Batman himself performing that way, there's there's one moment in particular in this fight sequence, and we will get into specifics. But there's one moment where Batman dives headfirst into an entire group of enemies. It's such a moment in the fight because it it summarizes so much of what this Batman is that is executed here. How, how do you conceive of that as the tone and the style? And then how do you start executing on that? Rich and I, Rich is like a brother to me. He's We've met each other in... 1987 or 88. I can't remember. 87, uh, we met at the Inosanto Academy of Martial Arts, which where he and I trained and other people trained there as well. Um, who came after us, um, who were also in the business and some before us. A very, very uh, world renowned, especially back then, it had a, a, a vast diversity of styles. Filipino, Malaysian, Indonesian, Thai, French, Japanese, Chinese, as well as Guru Sifu Dan and Asano's 
was Bruce Lee's best friend and training partner and the one chosen to carry on his art as well. So it's just an amazing pool in which to draw from, as well as I have studied arts that aren't, aren't taught there, different Japanese styles, European saber, Brazilian arts, African arts, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. As like we talked about, Ryan has an extensive martial art background. Guillermo had a, a, a st- extensive martial art background, as does Wayne. So we have this incredible pool in which to draw from, and Rich has uh, a very good skill set. And that is how we start to slowly dissect it and map these things out. When we were prepping it, you know, there were different routes about, hey, does he come in through a window? Does he come in through the floor? I said, hey, how about no? How about he, then we draw all we these different... We kind of look at it like... Um... Remember, we were saying, okay, if we, where he's going in there, he better use all he better use all of his uh, tricks and stuff. He can't. He's not going to go in there swinging punches first. He went in there and dropped the, um, you know, the 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 bat bombs came down out of surprise. You know, just busted in and and used his tools, knowing that eventually he would be in a um, you know a hand to hand combat situation. But at least he had the jump on him, surprise wise, uh, when he you know when he ignited the bombs and dropped down. And that's what we're saying. He's like an older, middle-aged stunt guy in a way. So he's got to he's got to be smart fighting as 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 well as tactical. Yeah, that was it. Was it was very strategic based, right, Damon? You're always Damon would always come out and say, no, no, he's got to he's got to we got to do something that makes sense first instead of just you know going in there like in a lot of films you see people jumping right to the kind of show off moves. And uh, he, he, the show off is in not showing off is the way I, I, I thought it felt. You know, he came in and just surprised him, just went all out. How do you translate story into action in terms of like where Batman is in his arc here? What are you trying to communicate with the action? And how do you translate that into like, what does a, a punch say or a kick say? Or like, how do you how do you translate like a character motivation into like yeah. the interpretive dance of the stunts? Well, excellent. Excellent question. And again, he just made that promise to Cal, right? Martha will not die tonight. So he is hyper-focused. He's inc- All of his anger is now focused in the right direction, not on the wrong, the wrong being, right? right? And he has this skill set. That's the story side. He knows his objective. He has to save Martha. He's going to have to take these cats out. It's not, not a conversation. <laughs> so it, he has to make good on that promise. Right. That's the story. The character is we have the older, you know, let's say, you know, 40 something year old Batman with a lot of mileage on it. He's also thicker than he used to be. So that's why it doesn't turn into a flippy, you know, twisty. It doesn't make sense for the character. We're very specific about the kicks he throws, the power base in those. And again, what he can do physically at this stage and the most efficient takeout it's we don't want he doesn't want to be flashy what he could afford to in maybe other situations this is all about function and grit and power and and um efficiency it's it's really easy and it's really tempting and i think kind of inevitable to to view the sequence as its own thing but when you're watching the movie like steven and i are and, and paying so much attention to the minutes the 30 second blocks you know that precede it this i think was one of the first times i watched this fight sequence thinking oh right bruce is coming into this sequence saying this needs to be the best fight i've ever had in my entire life right <laughs> yeah and not you know not only that but when we're talking about the you know martha won't die tonight he has something to prove in this fight, it might lead to something that that hopefully you can all speak to, which is this fight has a relentless energy to it. 
you know, often in action sequences, there will be ups and downs or kind of reprieves or little lighter moments. Not anywhere here. This is just, you know, brutal from start to finish. I'm assuming that's a conscious decision, but I would love to know more uh, about what went into the pace of this fight, because it really is from the minute the floor blasts open, it's like somebody just let a gorilla loose in the warehouse. Yes, precisely, because the luxury doesn't have the luxury of those beats because you were facing what our final count was 15, (laughs) 15 guys, 14, 15. It's 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 all mayhem. You know, and that was the point. There's not going to be a moment to hide behind something and go, catch your breath. There's not absolutely by design. You cannot take a breath. The only time he he literally gets to take a breath when he's we cut away and he's approaching that last guy. He's pinned against the wall. Alan Joe, shout out. Um, (laughs) But it's, you know, it's just still it's still on route to his objective. But, yeah, there's no time, no time for that. And that's the sort of pace that just goes That's a really interesting thing, too, in terms of the whole movie's kind of approach to Batman, which has been debated to all ends. And so we don't need to bring it up again because we make a point to not try to relitigate the kind of social discussion about the movie and the <laughs> as much as possible in this podcast. But the point that uh, people talk about, like the no kill rule or Batman, you know, wouldn't hurt people that bad or whatever. When, you know, Martha, you know, he, he just said Martha won't die tonight. He, you know, that's not, he's not exactly in a place to kind of make those kinds of like, well, maybe I shouldn't hurt this guy too bad because at the end of the day, it's how do I get to Martha as fast and efficiently as possible? Because literally that's the choice. Is it these guys or her in a more realistic kind of approach to the character? Um, you know, you don't always have the time to, you know, put safety nets under the guys you're knocking out (laughs) if you're just trying to get to the end. Yeah. These are real world Merc. They're killers. That's the world that, that, you know, Zach put the universe in. So it would be laughable if we didn't take it with that same serious tone that the rest of the movie, it would be so incongruent to suddenly have, you know, pow, bang, you know, I'm just <laughs> I've seen an edit though where people someone adds all of the, uh, the Schumacher yeah. style oh, cool. <laughs> pow um, bangs in there. <laughs> yeah. Um, again, it's that Zach's whole universe was set in a, in a realistic, more realistic tone, realistic world. Like it or hate it, I don't know what to t- tell you. Don't watch it then. I love choices. Yeah. <laughs> I've said this before and I got flack for it. I'll get it again. If you don't like it, great. God bless you. I don't, it doesn't matter to me because I, I like people to differ, but a lot of people like it. I've learned to like it. When, when people don't like it, I'm like, oh, good. That means it, it, it's doing something, <laughs> yeah. right? When everybody likes it, it's like, oh, maybe it's not really taking any. Maybe it's not, <laughs> yeah. It's not asking questions. It's not, it's not making you feel. It's so easily, you know, and again, look, I get it. There's different types of films, but it's so easy to dis- desensitize violence into a video game in, in a movie. And that is a disservice in my opinion. Now, again, I get it. Whatever. You want to make movies like that. That's, that's fantastic. I don't have a problem with it. But you also, this, we made you feel the consequences of, and, and that's important, I think, in, at least in, in this movie, this type of movie. Wow, what a, what a team! What a, what a team of geniuses! Hey, the dream team, the dream team, and we're just getting started. Plenty more to look forward to with minute one thirty eight, minute one thirty nine coming next. In the meantime, you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash Snyder Minute. Give us a rating on whatever podcast app or site you are listening to it on. Follow us on Twitter at BVS by the Minute, and follow everything we do at SnyderMinute.com. Thank you to everybody. Thank you again to the gentlemen. More to come. Stephen, any any final thought? Mm, nope. I'm excited to get to the rest of it.
great. I don't even know how much of that I'll leave in. That went really long.